podcasting around the Beltway and beyond. It's Tommy and Kelly made in DC on the real fun DC channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome on in. It's Monday morning. It is eight o'clock. We're live at eight o'clock now. Fun fact. Hey, Kelly Collis, how's it going? What's going on? It does feel like a new week, a new era, a new just like putting the election behind us and moving on. It's funny because you and I look at the headlines and last week was a little bit of a dumpster fire. Oh, my goodness. Today, Beyond. We get to find some things that other things that are happening on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a few of them. We will get to all of those. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the uh, champagne sales in D.C. this weekend. Plus uh, some really breaking news this morning. Some uh, promising COVID-19 vaccine stuff. Um, we are going to pay respect to the late Alex Trebek and talk to a real life Jeopardy contestant who at one point got to be, you know, this far away from Alex Trebek himself. Also, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had their 2020 inductee class over the weekend. We kind of missed that story. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of buried in there. Poor scheduling on their part. That's for sure. Um, and of course, we'd love to hear from you anytime at 703-782-4519 on our group text if you want to get involved. Plus, uh, Courtney Lachlan joins us a little later on this morning. She uh, went and got a tarot card reading, so we can only imagine how that went. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this. Uh, Kelly, but let's get into it first. Um, uh, of course, Joe Biden named the president-elect and Kamala Harris, the vice president-elect of the United States. And not only did he become the president-elect, he also got drafted by the Nats. What a weekend. He's going to be throwing out officially uh, the first pitch on opening day. Now, this uh, sticks with long-standing tradition of the sitting president throwing out the first pitch of opening day of the Nats at home. And I also do love how the Nats are still using their world champion logo. That's pretty nice. Well, they are still the world champions of 2019. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so we can use that logo on everything, right? Like, <laughs> For sure. Nats world champions of 2019. There you I, go. Let's uh, let's hope Biden doesn't get any tips from Dr. Fauci on how to throw out that first pitch. That's true. He did. He was a little, <laughs> a little to the left or to the right. I forget which way it went, but I remember it went very badly for him. And if you're keeping track, uh, opening day is scheduled for April 1st. So we are fingers crossed that that season's going to. Go off without a hitch. Again, I don't understand why you pick April Fool's to be the opening day of the Like, we couldn't do the second, 30 days half September, April, June, November, 31 days of March, couldn't have done it. Tommy, we've been through a lot in 2020. We can now handle April Fool's Day. Okay, That's we're, true. We're prepared. <laughs> you got nothing, April Fool's. No. Um, also reports that uh, liquor stores in the district sold twice the amount of the, more champagne uh, over on Saturday than they did the last two holiday New Year's combined. So that's a lot of champagne. Th that is a lot of champagne. I think people just, you know, it was like monkey see, monkey do from all the uh, Caps and Nats celebrations. They're like, we won. We got to get a champagne. And they just, <laughs> that's what we do. I wonder how goggle sales went. If people were spraying champagne without goggles or if they were doing it with goggles. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of goggles. If you're a liquor store, that's a great like at-the-counter add-on, right? Like, oh, I see you're buying some champagne. Would you like some goggles too? <laughs> and I think you got to be careful with droplets these days, Tommy. I've seen some people drink the champagne and sharing the bottles made me a little uncomfortable, but hopefully the alcohol kind of could kill any type of droplets I don't, that's all I, that's all i see yeah I, it, that is very true like uh, you see it's so funny like the lens you look through the world through right like oh that's oh, also also droplets <laughs> right i know it's, 
again, you know, interesting stat, but I, I hope everyone's healthy. That's why people were in the street drinking out of their own bottles. They were <laughs> trying to avoid coronavirus. That's right. That's why the sales were up because they would share. <laughs> I have to have my own bottle of champagne. I can't possibly share with you because of the coronavirus. There you go. Um, rolling out today, too, uh, some really um, hopefully promising news. Right, Kelly? I, I can't even believe this headline. There is a headline this morning. It's just breaking early this morning from Pfizer that they believe that they have achieved a vaccination. Um, it is 90% accurate. Uh, accurate and they are hoping that the uh, Food and Drug Administration is going to do its thing and approve it and they are saying that they could get up to 50 million vaccine doses in 2020 and over a billion in 2021. If that doesn't make your day, uh, I don't know what will. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean incredible uh, headline that's coming out this morning. So it'll be exciting to see how that unfolds um, as, as we get closer to hopefully moving this pandemic behind us. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know. I know. It's like, ah, I'm just so excited. I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of issues that you and I are not capable of covering, but for that announcement to come out from such a big company is pretty exciting. I mean, just imagine like making a billion anythings, right? (laughs) Like, I know. Like, 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 have they made a billion M&Ms? I guess they have, right? They probably have. Totally. Totally. But wow, a billion of something is a lot of things. Yes. Yes. So exciting news. And of course, we'll we'll learn more in the coming days. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I want to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well, because apparently that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, that would be like a pretty big deal that people will be talking about. But they inducted uh, their 2020 class and they even, Kelly, they had a virtual red carpet. Are you ready? Here's the drum. Depeche Mode. The Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, The Notorious B.I.G., T-Rex, and Irving Azoff and John Landau for the Amit Erdogan Award. And by the way, I have to commend all of you guys out there for contributing to the fan vote on Google. Um, You guys all cast over 8 million votes. 8 million of you got... Yeah, 8 million people casted their votes. But it's funny because everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess that happened, too. (laughs) It did. And also I love about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the um, sort of people and bands that were uh, nominated and inducted into the Rock and and Roll Hall of Fame are um, all over the map. (laughs) It was this like crazy, like fun and eclectic cast. But also um, it's so funny because the world that we're living in, Everybody is like rock star status is not really a thing, right? Like everybody is sort of on the same plane because they had to do it over Zoom. And here's Depeche Mode, like part of their acceptance speech. It just has such like Monday morning team meeting vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Reach out and touch. No, no, we're not doing that. Um, But still, it's an honor, of course, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I am reading notes here, by the way. Congratulations to all our fellow inductees. It's incredible now to be in this club. (laughs) Amazing. Deepesh, I couldn't have picked them out of a lineup, but um, way to go. Yeah. 
But, you know, just is this thing on? Hey, you're on mute. Hey, uh, it was just, it just felt like every call we've been on with like our our own people. Totally, the the level of what we expect from those calls has gone down quite a bit. And I, I like as someone who has like emceed red carpets for a living, I felt so bad for that um, the host of the red carpet because she's like, ah, it's the red carpet. I'm in my studio apartment. Ah! Like she was, she was trying. She was trying the best she could. And I really appreciated that about her. Yeah. Well, that's it, that's that's fun news to hear. Sorry, we uh, we kind of missed the ball on that one. Yep. But you know what? Better late than never. That's what we say <laughs> around here. And it was amazing that Dave Grohl was able to be in uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and perform live on SNL at the same time. That's the thing about Zoom calls. He probably did his thing over there like weeks ago. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Also in uh, entertainment celebrity, but even more than that, it's like cultural icon news. We said goodbye to Alex Trebek, finding out that he passed away um, early Sunday morning of pancreatic cancer. And tributes and love have just been coming out from around the world. I want to play this little snippet of uh, a recent-ish Jeopardy episode um, when – the the contestant knew he wasn't going to win the final Jeopardy, but he really won life. Look at this. No, what is we love you out there. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Cost you $19.95. You're left with five bucks. Okay. Oh, I remember that, that yeah. moment. It kind of went viral. Um, I was reading this morning uh, that he was a season ticket holder with the Dodgers for uh, many, many years and loved the Dodgers. And uh, hopefully he was able to see them win the World Series. Uh, that kind of made me feel like a little angel was was holding out hope for him. And, and hopefully he was able to have his own celebration around that. And when you think about, too, all the people, three people a day for the last 40-ish years, give or take holiday breaks. There's been a lot of folks who've been on Jeopardy. And uh, D.C., of course, being the smartest city in the world, <laughs> I would I would venture to guess that we have like a disproportionately large amount of Jeopardy contestants. And we're very lucky to have one of those Jeopardy contestants joining us this morning. Uh, Ellen Claire Lamb, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you guys? We're good. Thanks for uh, being with us today, bringing your awesome blue hair into the, into the, into the show. When did no, you... It's not seasonal. <laughs> when did you compete on Jeopardy? I was on in 1999. Um, in I think the the show wound up airing in July of '99. Although I think I might have taped it at the end of '98. It's a long process to get on Jeopardy from the time you take the test to the time they call you up, and then it's a long process from the time you play the game until the show airs. Uh, what was it like being in the studio then? I mean, Alex Trebek. That was 20 years ago. He would have been a little bit more spry than he was um, toward the end. What was that like? Just you know, the whole process. You know, Alex is just the coolest guy. He's he's kind of the, he was kind of the titan of cool. And he was proud of being, you know, although he did not write the questions. I mean, he was clear about that. He didn't write the questions, but it was he was proud of knowing most of the answers. And you often felt like he was disappointed if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> When you're on the game, you're not allowed to talk to him. So like when they go to breaks because of they're so worried about allegations of cheating that you don't get to talk to him until the very end of the game. He chats with the audience members. So the audience members get a much better sense of having some kind of connection with Alex than you do at the end of the game un until the end of the game. Um, and then he's, you know, he was charming. And it is, you know, they tape five games a day. 
it's three players a game. So the number of people he must have seen was just mind boggling. Just amazing the number of people who must have passed through that studio over the years. I've been amazed in the last day or so to find out how many people I know who were on the show. How many people you know? Yeah, how many I mean, you know who've been on say, Jeopardy. Washington, how, how many people do you know that have been on Jeopardy? That's amazing. You're the only one that I know that's been on Jeopardy. You know what? I probably know, I know at least 10 people oh, who've wow. been on Jeopardy, including <laughs> my own daughter. Oh. oh wow! It runs in the family. Um, yeah. what, what was it like, like to actually go and do the taping? Do they give you like a little care package to kind of prepare you to, you know, where to stand and how to talk and how to write on the thing? Like, how do they get they you ready? Do. I mean, they go over that stuff. You you get there really early in the morning. They tell you to bring three outfits with you because in case you have to keep playing because you have to change between shows so the audience doesn't realize all these shows are being taped on the same day you show up really early in the morning they put you in a green room with everybody else who's in that day's contestant pool um and they explain the process to you they explain how the machines work and the buzzer um I don't know I think right nowadays with the better we controls be better at buzzer practice. Back then, I used to tape the shows and play along. Um, oh, did I disappear? No, you're good. good. You're good. Um, I used to play along with the remote control. I would tape the shows and then <laughs> the remote when I knew um, the answer. So, you know, we. I think everybody in the room had done that because if you, by the time you get on Jeopardy, you're already a little competitive about this stuff. <laughs> um. And they walk you out. What's what nobody tells you ahead of time is how fast it goes because they tape the show in real time. And if you actually cut out all the commercials, one episode of Jeopardy is only about 22 minutes. That's true. Yeah, because it rolls and then they. So it goes like that. So everybody I know, including me, who was on the show, was like, what's it like? What's it like? And like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, you know, it just all went by so fast. Um, but it all lives online. So last night when I went to look up my show, because I didn't remember, I, some of the details were a little fuzzy. I found a, an archive that has my entire show on it with all the questions. And I went through and because I did not win, I came in second to this guy who was a scientist who ran an entire category on bugs. <laughs> I mean, that was just not going to ever be my category but he got all five questions and I could not come back from that so in mind, I was like oh you know Jeopardy I really didn't do very well but looking at the archive I was like you know what I did fine except for the bugs <laughs> is that is that a photo of, of Alex Trebek behind you on the wall um no, no. okay <laughs> I, I thought that might have been a Jeopardy photo but do you have a photo with him and and um, no, I don't. My dad has it because oh. back then it was not digital. Um, they gave me, you know, this little framed photo of me with Alex. Um, I had one copy. I haven't scanned it. It's on the wall in my dad's apartment. That's very cute. That's awesome. So what was your fun fact that you and Alex talked about? Because it's all, always it's always like so awkward on TV, right? When they're like, yeah. so I hear the one time in third grade, you actually like liked ice cream. And you're like, how did, how did they know that? <laughs> they ask you to write up five fun facts about yourself. So um, I don't remember all five facts, but the one we wound up talking about is the fact that I am a fraternal twin 
and my younger sisters are identical twins. That's a pretty unusual thing. So Alex asked me about that. Um, yeah, that was my fun fact. That's cool. That's cool. And um, as we wrap, any thoughts on Alex Trebek that like, you know, you got to be near him at one point and got to see him speak and, and connect in that way. It just, it's he really was an institution and it's hard to imagine how Jeopardy goes on without him. I think, you know, Jeopardy, when I was a tiny child, there was Jeopardy with Art Fleming and then it went away. Um, you know, Art Fleming retired and there was no Jeopardy. It came back in the 80s. And so now we've had almost 40 years of Alex Trebek Jeopardy. And I don't know what Jeopardy is without him. He was a guy who made it cool to be smart. Yeah. And, I just um, hope to God they don't pick some TikTok influencer to replace him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, or like Johnny Knoxville. That would be bad. <laughs> Ellen, thanks for joining us this morning. And thanks for sharing uh, your incredible experience on Jeopardy. I'm sorry you didn't get the bug thing right. You I'm, know, sure, it's, haunt, I'm sure it haunts you to this day. It does. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate you being around. And thanks for getting involved, Ellen. Have a great rest of your morning. Man, Alex Trebek is so important to so many people. And uh, it was wild, too, to see um, all the, you know, celebrities always tweet and get involved in this when this sort of thing happens. But um, they sent over uh, and, and they tweeted a lot of, of really, um, really meaningful stuff. And I'm looking for it right now, Kelly. So I'm stalling. That's what's going on right now. Okay. <laughs> um, I also just reflecting on Alex Trebek. Um, he was handled his cancer diagnosis and his treatment with such class, with such mm -hmm. grace and dignity and sort of sharing his experience and his fight with everybody uh, was really incredible and we can say that he he gave it a good fight and um you know and he was able to continue working and being a part of the routine that so many of us love which is watching jeopardy yeah absolutely and graceful and and strong warrior uh, he absolutely was so this is uh canadian prime minister justin trudeau tweeted about him obviously because you know Alex Trebek, one of the uh, most important exports of Canada. Uh, Jimmy Fallon put that old school photo of Trebek up there. And um, Stephen Colbert. I don't know why one of them had the Captain America shield, but uh, they all, all shared their thoughts and love. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, I think Ellen was you know noting this too. He made it cool to be smart and he provided a safe space for um, nerds was basically what Neil deGrasse Tyson said. A oh. safe space on TV for nerds. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. He will be missed. He will be missed. It will uh, be weird because, it, you know, what What we were just hearing, um, that they taped these shows so far in advance, like seeing him on TV even after he passed is going to be a little a little awkward. Right. Do, do we know if there's going to be more with him on if they've already filmed him? I, I mean... Ellen was just saying it was, you know, mm -hmm. six months in advance. So in theory, there would be. There may be some. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for getting involved. You can text us anytime at 703-782-4519. Also, uh, we're getting some open mics this morning. Going to get those turned around and get them on the open mic button. Of course, inside the Real Fun DC app. Click the microphone. 
press the microphone and leave us a message if you want to send us your voice in real time. <laughs> uh, Courtney Lachlan joins us in just a little bit. We've got um, some pink pineapple controversy that Kelly's got to answer for. And also, um, Kelly, your fashion statement of a turban made it into, in record time. I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock it out and see what you guys think. Kelly's Turban Fashion Show on the 